I have very much worked hard at developing the ability to have gay friends and couples. They can be extremely attractive that Mm -hmm. we have nothing else going on. Mm. Right. But people assume all the time. Oh, they see two gay guys together. Oh, they're fucking. That's happening. And you're like, no, it's not. But appreciate that assumption. Right. (laughs) But I am booked and busy. Thank you. Welcome to The Gaily Dose, the weekly podcast made for and by gay men and their allies. We're a podcast with a mission, elevated conversation with the hopes of building a deeper sense of community in the gay world. Child, it's time to come take your Gaily Dose. Welcome to The Gaily Dose, dolls. This is Helmut Lucero Domogolski, and today I'm joined with our guest, Katherine Kruger. Hey, sweetheart. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. I am so glad to have you on today. I, um, Dolls, I will tell you, um, well, uh, first of all, um, I haven't named this yet. So this dose, we're going to kind of discover as we go. Okay. <laughs> Embrace the mystery. Exactly. I, um, I met Catherine this year out and about actually in some of our queer spaces here in Atlanta. Um, and I actually had known your girlfriend before, um, through another very good lesbian friend of mine and came to know you by way of, of the, the network and we just kind of gelled. We did. We did. Yeah. Chit chatting and such. So, um, what I want to remind you with dolls. So today we don't have, um, actually Bennett is, uh, out of town and Dante's working. So I'm going solo today. Um, but I will remind you to check us out at the Gaily Dose pod, if you will, on all social media or the com to learn more about us. Um, I will say, Catherine, one of the things that um, draw me, t- drew me to you was that you had had a very strong religious background and kind of went through some of that similarity. So I thought maybe as you share your coming out story, you can share a little bit with the dolls to how you, how you came to be your true authentic self. self. And also, are you from Texas? I'm originally from Chicago, actually. Oh, yes, Chicago. Yeah, so Chicago for the first 18 and then Waco, Texas for the last 18. Okay, all right. All right, Waco. <laughs> I love Chicago. I lived there for seven years. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Oh, it's stunning. It's like a clean New York. I love it so much. Oh, well, tell the dolls a little bit about you. Well, I, my adult story was really based in Waco, Texas, and I joined a church there right away. I even probably went more to Waco for this particular church than I did for college. I did go to Baylor University in Waco, and it was a decade and a half plus, very deep in that um, space, and it formed most of my adult identity. And it was only recently around age probably 31, I started to realize maybe dating guys was not a match for me. And I realized that because I had dated no guys. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> so you're like 31, you're like, I have not dated any men. Had you dated any women? No, I was a pure, beautiful, flawless Christian girl. Just the most stunning, like... No, I'm choosing the Lord. So that was kind of the place. You and then like I was like, Jesus sort of thing. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, was I always making that choice in my private life? Probably not. But in my outward life, yes. Okay. A saint. Okay. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it. Okay. 
And so you, um, so you never, you didn't identify particularly as gay until this later in life realization around men weren't your jam. So maybe you had another flavor. Yeah, it was a, it's interesting coming out stories when it starts with you coming out to yourself when you're not really aware of your own particular flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you know, when things are forbidden, you know, you, you're not allowed to find that out about yourself. Yeah. And when my, my life in Chicago, I would say was definitely privileged and sheltered. And because of that, and then going into an even more kind of, um, uh, niche environment in Waco, Texas, I had very little expansion around Mm -hmm. what options there were for sexuality and relationships. I had really only seen heteronormative relationships aside from anything, maybe, you know, movies like The Birdcage were probably as expansive as it got for me. And so my brain never even considered other options because I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Wow. So, so, okay. So you're, you're in this cult and Mm -hmm. you, did you make a a conscious effort to basically like, I need to leave this place. Like this is not good for me. As soon as I realized that my best friend, um, was actually who I was interested in romantically, I kept, I've kept found finding I wanted to send her pictures of myself in my swimsuit. And then I sort of reflected on that and thought, (laughs) maybe there's something else going on here. And there was finally a day that I realized I had sort of that experience people talk about with um, fireworks, where you feel that, that sort of euphoric feeling when you're looking into someone's eyes. And I could recognize I'm in love with this person. Okay, wow. Okay, here we are. And... And had to then reconcile that being my authentic truth with the unfortunate um, reality that at the church I was a part of, I could not belong there and be my authentic self. And that's where the divergence came. And I began to walk my own path slowly. It was a slow breakaway, but very quickly realized I could not be these two different people anymore. Wow. I just, I, um, you just give me a flashback. Ooh, (laughs) tell me more. So I went to Texas A&M University. Okay. Okay. And I went there. I totally, I gig him. I went, (laughs) that's so convincing. (laughs) (laughs) I went there, of course, because like the conservative church elders had encouraged me to go there versus UT, which was, you know, where all the gays and, you know, theater people went and free thinkers. So I went the to the fun like, ones. Yeah. I went to the military school. Oh Lord. But there was this young man who I met and he played guitar for me one night. Like it was so romantic. And the next day he left a note on my door. No. that was like totally like a love note, <gasps> but third grade, but was like, like you're my brother from another mother, but it was this Aww. lengthy piece. And he was so handsome. And I remember Sweet at that moment guy. having that, like, are you going to choose to love, like potentially fall in love with this person? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can't because in my religion didn't allow it. Right? Exactly. And you closed exactly. the door and you, you, you had to ignore it. Right. Which was right. 
it was forbidden, right? Very forbidden. So I can't imagine like that I cut off. So I never let those feelings develop, but then to slowly develop those feelings, then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with her. Right. <laughs> and for me, there was, I, I, I didn't immediately separate these two parts of myself um, from each other because she lived in Belgium. I was able to be in relationship with her and it be very private and very secret. And the most surprising piece of it was one, one Thanksgiving, I made some post on Instagram about quote unquote gratitude. Yeah. I was like, you know, of all the people I'm so thankful for, uh, she is just everything and all these different things. And your, your love note. My, it was section. my love note on yeah. the door. Um, and people in Waco just saw what they wanted to see. What great friends. What a beautiful, yeah. beautiful foreign friendship. And <laughs> later when I came out to those friends, they, all the light bulbs went off, but it was interesting and mildly hilarious to realize people only see what they want to see. No, it's true. It's true. And you know what? You got to be your authentic self, right? And then people will read into things. I actually find that true. Even like hanging out with friends, like mm -hmm. I have a lot, I have very much worked hard at developing the ability to have gay friends and couples. They can be extremely attractive that mm -hmm. we have nothing else going on. Mm. Right. But people assume all the time. Oh, they see two gay guys together. Oh, they're fucking. And That's happening. Like, and you're like, no, it's not. But appreciate that assumption. <laughs> right. But so. I am booked and busy. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit about um, one of the things that we, well, let's wait. Hold on, hold on. No, wait. This, there's some more meat here. Oh, okay. So, okay, let's dive in. So then you're like, okay, I'm leaving this place, and then you, what? How did you wind up here in Atlanta, in our in our lovely city? Because it, yeah, new, you're you're new here. I am new. I just got here in March. I'm so grateful. My intention had been to move to Belgium to be with oh, that wow. original wow. girlfriend, who is lovely and wonderful. But then COVID hit, and we also began to realize in our relationship, there was something was out of alignment. Uh, she sort of had the energy in her life. She already had two kids, a beautiful home and was very established in her town. And I began to realize we were together for four years, kind of in that last year that I wanted to build something. I wanted to build a life and she just wanted to enjoy the life she had. She didn't it became clear she didn't want to have newborns again that yeah. she just wanted to be super present and also get to know herself i don't think she got pregnant at 24 and never took that time and so once covid hit it was very obvious that i was being pushed in a different direction cool and i'm grateful for it a good friend who had been a member of the cult also we'd known each other for 10 plus years also realized uh she and i reconnected back in september of 2020 and she is from atlanta lived overseas for a long time uh and started talking to me about atlanta told me about the incredible uh sort of the way that the uh, film industry is bringing so many actors, so many um, different types of creatives to this city. And that for me was the key that I needed to choose 
the place I was going to go to when the doors to Waco began to close. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. Selfishly. Thank you. I, Thank I, you. You know, I'm, I have a big crush on you. I, um, I'm very happy you're here um, because I think you have um, a lot of really great insight that you've developed in those. You know, one thing about being in a religious experience, as you have for a long time, you are a very reflective individual, and we, t- yes. we talked a little. We joked a little bit about you being a witch. I think when we met, didn't we? <laughs> we joked, but also we are serious. <laughs> <laughs> you are serious. What does that mean, by the way? When you, when someone says that, because I have heard, actually, I just finished working with a witch. Um, I love she's that. She's an older, uh, an older woman than I am, um, near retirement, and she's like, yeah, "I'm a witch," and I was like, "Okay, tell me more." Right. That was such a shadowy word because of my long time in a very religious space. And as I've dug in, I define witch simply as a woman who is connected to herself, connected to the elements, and believes that within her own person lies self-sovereignty, divinity, and there is a respect and a connection to a lot of the unseen elements that are a big part of being a human soul on this earth school journey. Um, it includes acknowledging the elements and the four directions working with a lot of different, um, very tangible things, you know, fire, water, air, earth, and living sort of a cyclical life with the moon, with the seasons and pausing to be in sync with those and check your energy and match what is happening in the physical world. And that's been really wonderful for me to take the ritual and the discipline I learned in my previous life and take it into something that actually lit me up, brought me a lot of joy and peace and connection to myself. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, um, first of all, could there be a male witch or is it only females? It's male and female. I don't know if they technically use a different word within the actual practice of Wicca. Yeah. However, I think anyone can embody that energetic of being connected to themselves, believing in their own sovereignty and having a relationship with cycles of the earth and the elements. Yeah. I, um, I think, uh, I can't remember her name right now. I will remember it later and I can post it when we, we post this, but there's a, yeah. um, the knowing there's basically this concept of going inside of former religious woman who runs a podcast. I will remember it later. Um, she, um, she talks about when she kind of gave up such a focus on an external God going inside and finding the knowing the mm-hmm. self direction that kind of told her this was yes. to be done or not to be done. Mm. Um, I think it's an interesting practice that, um, that can be very enlightening. People are scared of it sometimes because they're so used to someone else telling them what to do. (laughs) Right. Well, that's the scariest part of doing it for yourself is admitting, maybe not admitting, but taking responsibility for your own energy, your own decisions and saying, I really do believe the correct answers for what I am to do and where I am to go live within me. And I'm going to stop looking to the other, which is everything that, um, collective religion is about and I'm going to go inward to find those answers and I'm willing to struggle and give time until something comes to the surface and get to know what my knowing feels like, how it presents, what my patterns are, and then start to really trust myself. It's a 
big shift and it takes a lot of courage to take responsibility um, for yourself in that way. But it's so funny, right? Because at the end of the day, it's the, we're, we are most, we're responsible for us, right? Exactly. Our reaction, our attitude, our mindset, our everything. And then it's funny that this re religions can often try to put someone else in control of your own software, right? Well, and to think <laughs> that everyone, <laughs> right. To think that everyone has the same software. Mm -hmm. That's where the Enneagram woke me up to realizing, oh, people are different from me. I truly, because of how long I'd been in the church, it seemed like, oh, there's one, everybody should be able to operate in the same way. That's what I'm being taught here. There's one big goal. There's one right way. So we all just sort of need to, to shave off anything that is a little too sharp or a little off course and get onto this one narrow path. And when I realized, wait, no, 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 you cannot know what someone's path is. I don't even know what mine is. And that's literally what this whole thing is about. How do I get to know what my path is? And the more you do that, that's where I found all of the Christ-like teachings became easy and peaceful because if I can respect and honor the intricacy and uniqueness of my own path, well, now I can understand that your path is going to be that like intertwined and laced together in a way that there's, I, I could never presume to know what you're here to do, why you're here to do it, but I can offer love, respect, support. And it came from finding that for myself that I finally understood, oh, I don't, I don't actually need to grab anybody from their path and get them on mine. Right, right. In other words, oh, well, uh, so agreed. I'm thinking like, first of all, the whole like certain things like, you know, why are you concentrating on the stick in your, in your fellow human's eye when you got a big one in your own, a right? big plank so in your whole, own, like the self-focus. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I also think about things like, um, made in the image of God. Right. And you go, if you're made in the image of God, if you're a child of God, then you are God like, mm -hmm. right. And if we can respect that part of ourselves, that is God inside of us and mm -hmm. listen to that part, maybe then by loving ourselves, we can love everyone else. Right. Truly. Hi, mate. They call me Kira, which is good because that's my name. And I'm Sunny. Come see Xanadu at Outfront Theatre Company. Running now until November 14th. Outfront Theatre Company is Georgia's premier LGBTQIA plus theatre and tells stories to strengthen and celebrate the LGBTQIA plus community. And they're located right in the heart of West Midtown. The Tony Award-nominated, hilarious, roller-skating musical Xanadu follows the journey of a magical and beautiful Greek muse, Kira, that's May, who descends from the heavens of Mount Olympus to Venice Beach, California in 1980. On a quest to inspire a struggling artist, that's me, to achieve the greatest artistic creation of all time, the first roller disco. You won't want to miss this fabulous world full of glitter, skates, and mirror balls galore that is Xanadu. Tickets are on sale now at www.outfronttheater.com. That's www.outfronttheater.com.
Com. Now that I'm here, now that you're near, in Xanadu. Don't miss Xanadu at Outfront Theatre Company. We'll see you there, mate. Can I tell you a story that really blew my mind on that idea of like God and the individual? Um, please. Well, <laughs> when I say no, I would love to. Oh my no. gosh. Well, this <laughs> I'm was learning. This was such a beautiful um, revelation. I, in my early days of meeting and finally getting to ha- getting to know actual gay people. Uh, one of my very good photographer friends is a lesbian and I went to dinner with her and met her wife for the very first time. And her wife, she has uh, passed presently, uh, but oh. I know she had breast cancer and it was Sorry. just, uh, the, she, she was the loveliest, most beautiful soul. And her energy when I met her outwardly, she looked like a man, very masculine, very tall, very strong. She loved to work with cars. She was a carpenter. But when you sat down and chatted with her, her energy was the most feminine, beautiful, warm type of energy I may have experienced from any woman I've ever met. And gave you the feeling you could curl up in her lap and everything would just be okay. And when I described her to a friend of mine, my friend said to me, well, then wouldn't that make her probably the most accurate depiction of God in human form that you've ever encountered? Oh, wow. (laughs) Right? That blew my mind because if God is not male or female, but carries all of these things inside of themselves, that there was a human being who could show my brain what that might be like in human form just took my breath away. Oh my gosh. You just gave me this whole other vision too of like, okay, so in native American, um, tradition, we are the two spirits. Correct. And we were looked at for spiritual guidance of the peoples Mm. at the broadest level. Right. And so it's interesting to me because we are often ashamed of our on the female side you know there's shame around the masculinity sometimes on the male side there's shame around the femininity but truly when we embrace these things you are then all things in a way exactly and that's one of the deepest healings i have some photographer friends who went to costa rica and did a week-long uh workshop i guess you would call it retreat with shamans and part of what they do with the individuals is they take time exploring the masculine. Everybody, men and women do this together and then they explore the feminine and the healing that comes in as they are given permission to be fully both of those energetics and explore them. They're given guidance in ways to do that. Like I think for the masculine, there was pounding on chess and there was really getting into your body in a way that both sexes don't often get to do the testimonies that they had coming out of that retreat were just wow the healing and the wholeness and then that they got to take that home and show their kids hey (laughs) you get to be as wild and as soft as you want to be is beautiful 
that is sounds like such a great exercise for any human to go through. Uh-huh. Um, I I encourage. There's such a hyper. There's toxic toxic masculinity that we talk about. You know affects everyone female and male mm-hmm. um i think in the gay community there has been that classic want to be masked because you know you want to attract other guys mm-hmm. and, and really there's so much beautiful femininity to be brave enough to explore um gosh okay so much fun Yay. <laughs> i um i think i think we should talk now a little bit about your approach so this is one of the things we had chatted a little bit around approach to dating and mm. how um what i love about the lesbian experience that i have to give kudos to um some of the sisters that i've met is that um there is a thoughtfulness around human connection relationships that some yeah. lesbians present mm. and so i think the way that you guys gals i should say approach um you know, approach dating and connection. There's a lot that we can learn. So I, I thought maybe sharing a little with the dolls around how you approach dating and how um, how you went into that. Um, I thought that was a unique part of your story that our our dolls can learn from. Sure, I think that probably my approach may be uh, a little less modern than most people's. I was nervous about getting on apps and. So I made a list of what I was looking for in a partner and got really clear on what I wanted for me. And I took that list into How long did it take you to make this list? Did you like literally write it down one night or were you like, you, some of us are like J's or P's, right? If you're the the Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs. So the P's like kind of think about it and then finally write it down. Right. J's just write the list, right? So. Right. Well, I made my first list probably back in 2019, even when I was dating someone because the instruction I had been given was don't, don't try to make the person in front of you into something they're not going to be. Let's get clear on what we want and then ask ourselves, is this person that or not? And at that point, with my first girlfriend, I had never made a, a list. list. I'd never really considered what do I want. She and I had a very strong connection, which was wonderful. But that was a very new concept. And so I, I started that back in 2019. And then I've added, taken away as I've moved through relationships and realized, actually, you know, I'm really looking for someone with very high emotional intelligence. I'm looking for someone who is doing the work. It matters to me that they go to therapy, that they care about self-improvement because as I discovered myself in relationship, realized, okay, I don't want to be codependent with someone. I don't want to parent someone else. I want to only parent myself. And that means I need a partner who also understands that's their responsibility. And that quickly became the very top part of my list for me. Um, I love that. The other thing too is you're going to evolve, right? You and that person will evolve. And you both need to have like your own um, tools and resources so that you can evolve without depending on the other person to make the evolution happen. Exactly. And acknowledging that people are going to shift and change and that's what you want yeah you do i guess to um 
to evolve together. So, so that was on the top of your list. That was at the top of my list. And I, as just a funny aside, had picked a photo that was on my lock screen that actually was a wedding photo someone else had taken to encourage me. I'm a photographer. I love great photography. It was a photograph that was taken at what we are told is the worst time of day. You can't make a good photo. Don't waste your time. And it's one of the greatest photos I've ever seen. And it was simply the bride from behind at an interesting angle. And this bride was a redhead and she's looking out at a lake. The colors are beautiful. There's the red hair, there's the blue water, the green grass, and then all these ducks in the water. And the girl I am currently dating it basically looks like her from behind. Wow. Spooky. I don't know that I was a vision board person before, but now I'm like, maybe that's a thing, guys. I don't know. That's so cool. I know. I need to find myself a picture. (laughs) Figure out what you want. Apparently I'm very into redheads, so that was great for me. (laughs) So you wrote your list, and then where did you go from there? I wrote the list, and then the way that I approach manifestation and relationships is you have that list, you meet somebody, you get to know them, and you observe what traits do they have that match this list. And then you sort of say to yourself, well, do I accept? Do I accept what they're putting on the table? And what I have found is usually you will get someone who is almost everything on the list except probably one of the top two most important things. And then it's up to you to be honest and say, I don't accept because I deserve everything on my list, especially the the top traits, like yeah. my most important, the things that are most important to me. And it's sort of this dance with the universe of nailing down what it is that you want and being asked, are you are you brave enough to only say yes to what you just told me you deserve yeah. and not take anything less? It's interesting because I one of the things now I'm going to I think that one of the things I'm excited about as we join lesbian and gay voices is the different ways our minds work. Ooh, okay. Um I've noticed that in the gay community you see a lot of the twinning um and you see a lot of kind of emphasis on you know, does this person match my social media image, mm. right? So you have this very high oh. level of physical emphasis, right? Um, and it's, it's interesting because there's so many dynamics. There's not just, is this person a blonde? Is this person a top or bottom? Is this person, you know, um, wealthy? Mm-hmm. But you think about when you talk about someone who works on themselves or someone that carries a lot of great energy, right? When they mm-hmm. walk into a room mm-hmm. or someone who's super sweet and caring and loving, like those are not seen entities, but absolutely should be considered as high items on the list, right? Absolutely. I think one of the best self-awareness practices that was given to me was in a beautiful witchy therapy session from a photographer who is beautiful witchy therapy session (laughs) yes she's a photographer but has some sort of deep magic that is (laughs) not quite quantifiable in language 
but we were discussing the girl that I was interested in at the time. And I explained to her all these things I liked about her. And she said very directly to me, well, are those traits that you feel you inhabit yourself? Or do you think that those are the traits that you're lacking? And it hit me so hard. Oh my gosh, I am trying to complete myself in another person because she embodies all of these traits that I feel I don't have. And I was advised by this beautiful woman, Susana Barbera. She lives in España. Right. She lives in the <laughs> south of Spain. Love her to death. She said, my encouragement is to not pursue the relationship with this woman and instead pursue those traits for yourself so that you never have to lose them because you could very easily fall out of relationship with this person and you know it's going to be devastating to lose them in a way that is beyond the norm because it will feel like you are losing a part of yourself. And so we need to go and find those things for ourselves first, then redo your list, making sure that the things you're looking for are actually for another and they're not what you need for yourself. Yeah, that, okay, there's so much insight you just gave us right there. Oh, good, I'm glad. Uh, you did. Because <laughs> think about it, you just, a couple a couple points you mentioned. So one, I remember very early on, the entire gay experience was kind of described as, um, uh, what is it like when you consume yourself? Cannibalism. Mm -hmm. I remember reading, you know, spiritual books at the time that were like, you know, basically these men want what they don't have in themselves. And I do think yeah. there is some level of validation people are seeking in their dating lives, in their sex lives, in their love lives, where they're trying to consume things in someone else that they do feel are lacking in themselves. That's exactly it. And that was very, so that's very insightful. The other thing that does is, when you do that, you now enter in a highly codependent relationship, yes. right? So I've seen many times, um, you know, someone will say, oh, I love the assertiveness he has, right? Because they don't have it. Well, you need it. Right. You need to be assertive, right? And yeah. that person, if it puts them in too much control of you, you're not then in the control controllership of your own life. That's going to lead to potential abuses in the future. And when you break up, because you will, um, or, 100%. or if someone um, passes or whatever, um, they, you're left without being complete. And now you, right. gotta, you, you, you never get to cheat the lesson. No, you don't ever <laughs> get to skip any level in the development of the human soul and person. And it is not easy to go out into the world and find those things for ourselves because you will be asked to feel hard feelings. You will be asked to be honest about things that maybe are not your fault in your life, but they are your responsibility. Yeah, no, it's true. You, you, yeah. And it's, and that's the whole like anti-victim reality, like things, shitty, shitty things happen. They had happened to me. They are part of the tapestry of my life. Yes. How I respond to them, how I react to them, and how I choose to grow despite them is all about what I become. Absolutely. Yeah. So hard. It's interesting to me as we sit here, I just think, first of all, how beautiful it is that we can have this conversation. Yeah. Um, and how beautiful it is that, um, you know, we aren't what we look like. Mm-mm. 
we're so much deeper. Right. Um, and when you think about a plastic, fantastic looking gay or lesbian, you know, how much has that person worked on all the rest of them and how much of that is really beautiful or not really is about who we are inside. Well, and one of the most interesting experiences is to move to a brand new city for the first time in your adult life. It, I have met so many people so quickly and it could be possibly very overwhelming, except that I have spent enough time with myself to know what people move me in the direction I want to go and what people I enjoy giving my time and energy to because I value my time and energy. And so this whole concept of what do they look like? Who are their connections? Like that all has fallen to the very bottom. And instead, it's for me when I meet new people connecting to sort of the overall energetic that comes from this person. Do they care about themselves? Do they care about others? Does it feel like they know what lights them up? Are there things that spark joy in their life and are they in a place where they're offering that to people in a very generous way and sort of elevating the collective energy because at this point in time like I just cannot suffer people that are very um they're still trying to gain the self-confidence by taking other people down or judging other people or I'm I'm better than you because of A, B, C, and D. It's like, no, no, no. The only person we're in we're in competition with is our like our past self. And everybody else, it's what's your story and what are you what are you into? And tell me about yourself. And it's very fun being in a new place because it's I get to play that game almost every every day with the new people I meet and who are you and where are you from and where are you at and it's interesting to meet new people but also it's like you meet old versions of yourself yes and yes. then and you, can, and you can nudge them if they're willing to right in fact I think I yeah I so I find even being old in a in this city um having lived here like 11 years there's so many people in it and there's so many venues that, and especially in our community, the opportunity for you to meet a new lesbian, gay, or trans person, or, or bi, whatever, out and about, there's so many oh, yeah. that we don't know. And you have that dialogue, and you do. You see a version of yourself, and you can, for some people who you get the sense can listen, you can share, right? Even mm -hmm. in a bar. Like, I don't need to wait. I don't need to wait to have some long, that's the one thing I've learned now in life is like, I don't need to wait for us to have this long drawn out relationship for me to finally give you good feedback to help you in your way. If it's the right energy and the right vibe, I'm going to try to share something in some way or fashion if I can. Yeah. Well, and what you just with said, <laughs> of course, with always with love and compassion, but what you said that you're looking for someone who can listen, that feels like one of the simplest ways to start to become aware of the people in your life is, is this person able to listen? And when you find those people, keep them close because it's more rare than you might uh, imagine to find another soul who can actually pause in whatever it is that's going on in their life, in their agenda, and give you presence. 
and hear what you're saying just to hear what you're saying and not to take it and make it a part of themselves, but just to let you be and hold space for that is such a beautiful trait in a person. And the way you articulated that felt very easy to understand if any of y'all out there, dolls, are interested in becoming aware of how you interact with people, look for the listeners because they are gems. Keep them. It's interesting you say that. I am a talker for sure. Same. Yeah, right. But what we learn as talkers, I've, I've always learned, so first of all, right, our strength turned up is our weakness, period. Love Any that. One of our strengths turned up is a weakness mm. and your opposite is what you should seek. So mm. when you're a talker, you need listeners because listeners are actually listening and everything and they'll turn around and go like, okay, like that idea is terrible because I was just listening to these four people and this is what I think. And you're like, oh, I wasn't listening as much as you. you right. Know? <laughs> well, and, and every everything's a mirror. If you can't find listeners, you probably aren't one. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. And so practice. <laughs> listening. And just asking people more questions about the thing they're talking to you about without having to share from your own experience and whatnot. That's one of the hardest things that I found as a talker that thinking you have to do that for people to have a connection when it's so beautiful to show up and just be a mirror and acknowledge what someone says, validate it and be grateful that they shared it. Yeah, I am working on that by the way. Uh, same. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I have my moments where I definitely am a better listener. My daughters tell me all the time. I like to ask more questions. Bless them. Doing God's work. I know they really are. Um, so let's kind of um, wrap up the concept around the dating though. So you, you wrote your list, you didn't like apps, and then where did you go with that list? And, and you just kind of looked at people and evaluated? No, I, I don't know what it is, but I think there's something about when you get very clear on what you want, you don't have to go searching for it. It's something about your energy almost sends out like a beacon or some sort of wavelength and draws that next relationship to you. And so I sat with my, I only had three people in Atlanta. I knew when I moved here and one was 65. Yeah. 65. We did a lot, a lot of coffee and dog park when I first moved here. Aww. He did not have connections <laughs> for yeah. dating for me. Um, so fun, but then the girl who initially <laughs> drew me to the city, but she was in the middle of going through a divorce and kind of unavailable. And then my one gay guy friend who is just the kindest, most helpful, wants everyone to thrive kind of a person. And I said, my dear Blake, I have been here for two and a half months and I have not met a lesbian. Please, where are they? Blake, where are the lesbians? Show point me, me the yeah, point me in the right direction. He did the legwork and of his lesbian friends found the two that he felt best matched my energy. Oh wow. And of the two, I am dating one. Yay! Yay. So that worked out very well for me and I did not even have to get on the apps. Wow, that's awesome. I do believe that um, in-person meeting people is so much more magnetic and wonderful. Um, and I love the list. I agree. I agree as well as you go out there and you have your list. As you meet people, you're far more confident to just be like, yeah, you're not like in your head. You're like, you're not on the list. 
mm-hmm. right? Like you don't yeah. meet enough on the list, which is cool, which allows you to plow forward into a friendship, right? Oh, Immediately, yeah. mm-hmm. which I think a lot of times gets confusing when you're out there, right? I'm talking to an attractive man. Right. You're attractive. I'm attractive. Great. You kind of want to look at some place, but it's a couple of details and you're like, okay, cool. We won't be more than friends, but we can be friends, right? And it saves so much time because you're recognizing, hey, I'm not going to waste your time and you don't have to waste mine because I've actually gotten very clear on what it is that I'm looking for. And to that doesn't have to be a relationship with one person. That is what I was looking for. Many people are looking for expansive experiences. They are looking to meet a bunch of different people to figure out what it is that they want. And that's great, but it's going to be a much more positive experience, I believe, for you if you're aware and honest about what it is you seek when you are out in the bars, meeting people, on the apps, regardless, if you know, oh, well, yeah, no, I am looking to meet people who are different from me. I want to, maybe I've done the twinning thing and now I need someone who's going to bring me a totally different experience so I can try that flavor. Right. Yeah. That's great. Great um, insight. And I, um, you know, we're not, I'm not going to knock apps, obviously. Um, we're all in different situations. For some of you dolls, you're in a situation that you're not in an inner city. You're not able to meet as many people that are close by. There's all kinds of situations, but I think the the rules still apply, right? In terms of the knowing yourself, working through your list, making sure the list isn't um, a list of things that you need to seek in your own life, right? Exactly. And then, um, and then keeping by that list as you go. That's the hardest part. It's the hardest part because the closer you get to finding the person who is your list, the carrots will get so shiny. And I promise you it is in your best interest to, if the very top two things are not in this person, do not think that they are going to change. The whole game is, are you willing to accept this offer? And trust me, beautiful souls, you deserve the entire list, but don't be surprised. If you get the most beautiful, shiniest carrot that just absolutely has never once journaled in their life, you know, whatever your top thing is <laughs> and, and, and hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a just say no. way the universe's final test before they give you, uh, your, your person. Mm-hmm. Well, what person that you may have for a time. Exactly. Hey, Helmut, where do you get your prep? I'm my local pharmacist. Really? Have you heard of AHF Pharmacy? They are not-for-profit. Uh, those pharmacies exist? <laughs> I know more than you. 96% of all of their profits go to help those in need. Wow, 96%. Yep, and they deliver free to your home for all your drug needs. They even staff HIV specialists. It's a full-service pharmacy. Ooh, I like full-service. How do I learn more? <laughs> Look them up at ahfcheshirebridge.com. ahfcheshirebridge.com. I said what I said. Ooh. <laughs> So one of our, um, I, I, so we still got to name this a dose of something. So we'll think about that at the end. Oh, all right. I, um, one of our final questions though, that we love to ask is, um, really around your vision for, and your hopes and dreams for our community. Um, you know, we've been through a lot, um, 
And yet we're at a very special place where we have a, a very bright future if we choose to make it so. Yeah. Um, what would you share with our dolls as a dream that you have for them? I think for this community, the dream that I have is more and more individuals who have done this brave, courageous work of discovering their authentic self would rise up to the surface and have platforms, have um, visibility so that everyone on this journey has hope, has expansion. I think of my past self who didn't even know being in a relationship with a woman was a possibility for me because I'd never seen it. I would love to see the people who have found their most authentic self be in a position and in a place where they can offer resources, they can offer a vision of what's possible and how much joy, love, acceptance, and belonging exists when you are your most authentic self. I think Jonathan Van Ness comes to mind. His whole story is even as a young child, he was being his most authentic self and that put him outside and we've watched him throughout his life slowly move from the outside to the inside to the very top of being loved and belonging in the whatever you want to call the community, even just America at large, has come to know and love him. And he is so vibrantly himself. I think he's one of the greatest examples of a, a leader that has been on that path and is showing us you can do it. It may cost you. You will have to be courageous. But in the end, look at he's just soaring and flying. And I think that's possible for all of us. And that would be what I would hope is we all get to see more people um, in their lane, thriving, doing their very best. I, um, I kind of got a lot of weird feelings in my head about what you said because it's really powerful. Um, weird feelings. I have a weird way of articulating things sometimes. Um, because it's beautiful, but it's beautiful. The idea of these individuals in our community rising up, taking positions of leadership, not that come from, that come from inner beauty basically. Mm -hmm. And the inner yeah. hard work. I, um, I was pulling up my phone because the, the author I was talking about is Glennon Doyle. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right? And Glennon's the one that talks about the knowing inside. Having yes, also she does. been a former Christian, now lesbian, um, mm -hmm. and has a great fun podcast where you could do hard things. Um, and she's an example also of that, right? So we have several oh, 100%. Of our community being, um, being beacons for the rest of us. And I, what's interesting to me is that they are also beacons for the straight community. Oh yeah. Right. And that's, um, that's a really beautiful thing. I think they're even more expansive because if they can be their authentic selves with everything we are still evolving into as a human consciousness and they can thrive and belong, how much more so can everybody that actually doesn't have to work through that piece of the puzzle? It's really beautiful to see all of us, no matter what our sexual preference is, no matter what our gender is, really the key to leading a full, bright, vibrant life is knowing yourself and offering that authentic soul to the world. And it lights the people up around you. It gives people permission and it's 
So I think we all know when you meet somebody who's like that, you leave feeling like an even better version of yourself. They, the belonging they've given themselves, they seem to offer to everybody around them. And I would love to encounter more and more and more souls like that in any community. Same, same. I, um, dolls, we usually do the call to Kiki. Um, and I would say that our call to Kiki today really focuses around this aspect of, um, self, um, awareness and self, honestly, I'm gonna call it self elevation. There's this aspect of understanding that as you improve yourself and as you improve your self conscience, as we've talked about, um, you're going to have the ability to improve and help others along the way. And I think instead of only concentrating on having like the most ripped look, that right face that, you know, a lot of these things that we will pour ourselves into, I still think those are beautiful things because self-love, I mean, my, my temple, my body matters to me and it absolutely impacts me. If I'm working out regularly, I feel better. Right. And that's just the way it works. Right. When we get dressed up a little bit in the morning, put the right outfit on that you just feel a little, it's great. Um, but thinking about that other, those other levels of spiritual, um, what'd you call it? Spiritual being, Mm -hmm. um, are, are super important. And I don't think that we often have ways in which we kind of check ourselves there, right? Like it's easy to get lazy in that department. Um, a lot of religions have, you know, you go to church on Sunday, right? I do think my call to you would be to think about how can you and your friends, um, make certain rituals where you're checking in on this aspect of yourself. If you don't have, you know, if you have a partner, you can definitely do that with your partner. That's great. Um, but when you don't, I think having a few friends and I do this, actually, it's a practice I have. I have a few of my friends that are sort of my, I I almost call them spiritual touch points where it's sort of like, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Where's your, how's your walk? Yeah. Right. And I'm not talking about a religious walk at all. Mm -mm. I'm talking more about the journey. Right. Um, I think that's an important web you can weave in your network of friends. Um, and I would strongly encourage you to do so. It's a little, you know, out there, but it feels really good when you have those people in your life that you can just, Hey, how are you? Right. At a very deep level. Yeah. Once you experience that in, in a real and meaningful way, I don't think you ever can go back to surface relationships because it feels so beautiful to be supported and known by the others in your life. You can't do it with a lot of people, but when you find the right ones, it's just, it brings such a level, high level of wellness to know that you're on this journey and other people are aware. And then the best part is after you've been doing that for a while, the way that those close friends can reflect back to you, your own evolution is such a point of celebration constantly. It's wonderful to get to pause and have other people acknowledge you've come so far since this time six months ago a year ago and have that affirmation it just brings a settling of the soul yeah that's so well said so what do we call this a a dose of uh a dose of spiritual awakening a dose of self-awareness what do you think Mm, a dose of magic a dose of self-love a dose of self-magic maybe self-magic does that work i like that okay Mm -hmm. all right you've been magical 
Thank you. I knew you would be. Oh, you're so kind. I've loved the intimacy of our conversation. I've loved what, um, I hope that those dolls that have listened in, you're going to, I think if you reflect on the words that you've shared, get a lot out of this. So I am so thankful for you opening up your heart and your mind and soul for us today. It has been a pleasure and I am just so grateful to be a member of this community. Oh, me too. Thank you dolls so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. And I would remind you as I do every week, once you've learned to love yourself, we need you to learn to love everyone else. Cheerio. Bye.